Hi, everyone. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. And a special shout out to Aldergrove CLCC. I hope you're having a great day. So we're in this series, How Does God Grow Your Faith? And we've been talking about several things that God uses in our life to, to bolster the faith that we have, to, to cause us to mature, to cause us to grow up to be who Jesus wants us to be. And today I want to talk about the fact that God grows our faith when we serve others. Listen to this quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Everyone can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Did you hear that? You don't have to have special education in order to serve others. You know, some of the people who are the greatest servants, some of the people who have blessed my life most significantly have been just regular folks, just common folks who have, have gone out of their way to use whatever God has given them to bless me. Notice here that, that, that you only need a heart full of grace. Because grace spills out of us in terms of service to others. When we're generated by Christ's love, when we experience the grace of God, it spills out onto others. Our text is found in 1 Peter 4, verse 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. So, Father, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you that you have given us gifts spiritual gifts, talents, supercharged by your spirit, and that we can use those things that you've given us, whether it's something that we do with our hands or something that we say or, or some other talent that we use to serve, that you use these things to grow our faith and to grow the faith in others. So Lord, I pray we'd pay attention, pray that we'd listen carefully. We pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us in your name we pray. Amen. So notice what our text says. It, it says something I think which is quite surprising. I don't know if you've ever thought of gifts this way or spiritual gifts this way, but it says that when we serve, we are stewards of God's grace. Stewards of God's grace. Now, we don't use that word steward very often anymore, but uh, it really means administrators. Um, uh, large households, wealthy families had stewards uh, in the first century. The steward basically managed the household, made sure that the children were being well-educated, make sure that there was food on the table, make sure that the, uh, the gardens were well-maintained or that the, the servants well, were well-organized. That's, that's the role of the steward. They were managers, administrators. So what this is saying is that God has charged us with being stewards of his grace. Now, his grace, as you, as you probably know, is God's unmerited, unmerited favor. So 
In other words, we have been charged with a responsibility to distribute, to administrate God's unmerited favor. And it says in its various forms. Because sometimes I think we think of grace as saving grace. You know, the grace that comes into our lives because of what Jesus has done to us and and because of nothing that we've done of our own, but because of grace, his goodness, his kindness, his love for us. When we receive Jesus, our sins are forgiven and we live this new life of uh, life in the spirit. We become spiritual people and part of the kingdom of God. So there's, there's saving grace, but there's also serving grace because grace comes in many forms. You see, what it's saying is that this this same grace, this same unmerited favor that comes into people's lives to save them also comes into people's lives so that it can be distributed to others in terms of service or in terms of spiritual gifts. So a steward, if if you remember, is someone who manages or looks after someone else's things. So the spiritual gifts that come to us, the grace that comes to us does not belong to us. It belongs to God. It's God's grace, and we are to distribute it according to his will. We are to serve others according to his will. In other words, what our text is telling us is that we're pipelines or conduits of God's grace. So in other words, when saving grace comes into our lives, his unmerited favor comes into our lives, and we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, this is not something to be kept to ourselves. This is something to be shared with others. In the same way, when he brings supercharged talents into our lives, uh, abilities to serve others, you know, such as uh, an ability to speak uh, and explain the gospel, or perhaps ability to pray for people and see healing, or perhaps an ability to work with our hands as an artisan or as an artist, or just to serve others, teaching Sunday school or leading a life group or, or uh, serving in the work place to to help as an administrator. Whatever God is doing in our lives, we are to serve as as a pipeline of his grace flowing through us. Well, people then experience the grace of God directly, directly from God to people. People also experience his grace through us. And this is good for us. This doesn't drain us. Uh, This doesn't take something from us. In fact, this makes us feel better. Uh, Anne Frank, the uh, little girl who, was, uh, who died in a concentration camp, uh, she was a Jewish girl. She was hidden uh, during the Nazi occupation of Poland. Later, she was found and put into a concentration camp. She died. She wrote Anne Frank's diary. She said this, no one has ever become poor by giving. Isn't that important to understand? That when we serve, when we allow God's grace to flow through us, He responds, and our lives are made full. So Almighty God has entrusted us to administrate His grace to others. Now, this this word, uh, His his grace, uh, also in in the Bible, these are called gifts. Um, In fact, uh, the Greek word that's used in 1 Corinthians 12 is charismata, and some people would translate that gracelets or little graces, because charis means grace, 
his unmerited favor. And mata is a term, a suffix, which means little. So little graces or gracelets. So the gifts that we use, the talents that God has given us, these, these abilities which may have been uh, in our lives before we became Christians, be, become supercharged or, or kind of uh, filled with the Spirit as we use them for others. These gracelets are used, these little graces are used, and God flows these through us to others. They're called charismata in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They're not for private consumption only. They, they bless us, but they're not for our personal benefit alone. They're, they are to be used to serve others. They belong to God. They flow through us to serve others. And uh, stewards, uh, as you know, the biblical term that's being used here, our managers, administrators, should not be caught hoarding the gifts of God. In fact, Jesus, um, some of the harshest criticism that he had for the people in his world were people who hoarded the talents or gifts that God had given them. Remember in Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents? He says exactly this. He said uh, a manager goes away, he gives servants a certain portion, you know, a certain number of talents, and uh, he expected them to use those talents so that when he returned from his journey, there'd be a profit. But one of those servants, he just kept that uh, talent, that gift, that treasure that was given him. He buried it. He didn't use it. He hoarded it. And when Jesus came back, he had some very, very harsh words. Some of the harshest words that Jesus uses in the New Testament were directed at that servant who hoarded the gift, the talent, the grace that had been given him. So we have to be careful that we don't hoard. We have to be careful that we allow his grace to flow through us. You see, in serving, we actually discover abundance. And Pastor Phil talked about this week. You reap what you sow. Remember uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians about an offering that he's taking up for the poor in Jerusalem. He's traveling to various churches, collecting money. He's taking it to the poor in Jerusalem. And so he's talking about money, financial gifts. But the same principle applies to all graces, to all gifts, in that when we use our gift, we end up with abundance. When we share what we have, God fills our lives with good things. And that's really important to understand. We don't become poor by serving. We become rich by serving. In serving, we express gratitude. Um, in fact, uh, this, this whole idea of charis, or uh, that's the Greek word for grace, uh, is grounded in this understanding of joy uh, and not duty. And when Paul talks about collecting this money, he says, don't do it out of compulsion, uh, don't do it out of guilt, do it out of gratitude in your heart, of joy in your heart. And, and, and when grace God does come to us, he does bring grace or, or joy to our lives. And, and that, by the way, that word for, for grace that Paul uses, charis, uh, it's a, an original word to Paul. He borrowed it from the Greek language. Um, the Greek greeting, when a Greek met another Greek on the roadway, they would say kara, which meant joy, blessing, good things come into your life, we hope. When a Jew met another Jew, they would say shalom or peace. But when Greeks met each other, they would say kara. And so Paul took that root word, which meant joy and blessing and, and gratitude and all the rest. He, he changed it a little bit, and we have the word grace. So the idea of grace is rooted in this understanding of surprise and joy and blessing. 
And the Apostle Paul says that God loves a cheerful giver. That's again in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God loves a cheerful giver. And I've often said, yeah, but he accepts grouchy giving too, because some of us, uh, some of us learn, need to learn how to give cheerfully. And in fact, only, uh, only learn that through giving. And sometimes at the beginning, we give grouchily uh, and we learn to give cheerfully because we learn that God blesses those who give. Everyone has some way to serve. Gifts or graces uh, are apportioned to everyone. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in, in his discussion and in that portion of Scripture, Paul says, he gives them to each one just as he determines. So there's not one person listening to my voice or seeing me that hasn't been given a special grace, a special talent, at least one thing that they can do, which the Holy Spirit will supercharge in helping others be blessed by God. He chooses to use us miraculously, um, supernaturally, by His grace. You see, everyone is responsible for their gift's best use. The variety of ways we can serve are limitless and unique to us. He can use us serving at work in an administrative capacity. He can use us serving at a workplace, at a construction site with the skill of our hands. He can use us uh, in, a, in a teaching setting, in a classroom at school, or perhaps even as a, as a caring student who looks after other students who might be in need, as someone who's, who's generous with their time. Time can be a grace. Money can be a grace. Talent can be a grace. Listening can be a grace. All of these ways to serve are ways that God uses His grace through us to bless others. Serving others also helps to transform us. We learn best when serving others. When I was 13, I served in a church where we had a bus ministry. We sent out 13 buses every Sunday morning collected kids from all over the neighborhood and brought them back to the church. And there's about 500 kids that we had in Sunday school. And then after Sunday school, we'd bust them all back home again. And we were in desperate need all the time for teachers. And as a 13-year-old, not knowing what I was getting into, I volunteered to teach, you know, and I ended up being given a class of five-year-olds. And there were 15 five-year-olds that I was given to teach. And the, the location I was teaching was in a basement with no windows, and there was just a bench around the perimeter. So it was me and a flannel graph Jesus <laughs> and 15 five-year-olds, and I was only 13. Wow, did I ever learn a lot about uh, crowd control, because those kids would eat you up if you didn't know how to control them and to make sure that they were listening. And uh, boy, I learned a lot about Jesus. I learned a lot about how to teach. I learned a lot about how to explain to five-year-olds who Jesus was. And, and, and so in our serving, we too are transformed. And, and you think of that as in, in terms of being on a sports team. I remember as a, as a young man uh, with little children, I, I helped to coach Tiny Tot soccer. I'd never played soccer as a young adult or a teenager. And here I was coaching soccer. Boy, I learned a lot about soccer in learning to teach them the rules of the game. And then later I got to, to play on a soccer team, and a, on a, a sports team where we, we played uh, uh, soccer with men. And, and wow, that really came in handy, what I learned uh, coaching kids soccer. So we also learn at work as we 
with God's strength. Notice our text says that when we serve, do it with God's strength. And when we serve with God's strength, even in the workplace, we find that we grow, we learn, we develop. Uh, God's grace, his faith grows in us. Serving others also transforms the world we live in. Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 again. So in other words, when we serve, when we use God's grace, when it flows through us, we change the world around us. Yep, God is at work. He's at work in our workplace. He's at work in our church. He's at work in our family lives. He wants his grace to flow through us. And he changes people, certainly changes people directly, supernaturally. And, and, and uh, perhaps you haven't heard, but we're producing a newsletter uh, every week, which in it uh, contains a miracle story. And I, I really encourage you to subscribe, go on our webpage and subscribe to our newsletter because we'll do a little summary of our sermon. We'll have a little promise from God for you. And we'll also include a miracle story, about a five-minute miracle story of how God is working around the world supernaturally to bring his gifts to people, to, to bring his Holy Spirit into people's lives. And people are healed and people are saved and people are fee- freed from addictions and all kinds of fantastic thing that God, things that God does directly through his grace. But God also uses us to administer his grace to others. Let's remember this. When you serve others, joy follows service. Remember, there's this aspect of grace, charis, which involves kara, joy, blessing, fullness. When you serve others, you are distributing grace. You're distributing bundles of surprise and joy to people at work or people at school or people in church or people that you meet at Starbucks or in your favorite restaurant. Abundance, gratitude, and transformation all come with serving. Let's pray. So Father, thank you that you have distributed your grace, your gifts to us. Not that we would hoard them, not that we would hold on to them, but rather that we would be freely giving to others, serving in whatever capacity you've enabled us to serve. Thank you that you take our natural talents, the the things that we can do, and you supercharge them by your spirit. You make them graces to others, gracelets, charismata. So Lord, I pray that you would do that. I pray that we would be open to serving. We thank you that you grow our faith when we're willing to serve. Give us opportunities this week to serve you. Help us to see how that affects other people's lives. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in us. Amen. Here's a question of the day, something for you to think about. If you just work within the limits of your abilities, how do you expect God to be glorified? In other words, we we don't want people to say, oh, well, uh, Jim spoke really well. We would rather people said, you know, I think I heard from the Holy Spirit. Uh, If we're just working within our comfort zones, then, then people say, oh, you did that well. But when we work with the power of the Spirit, with the the gifts of the Spirit flowing through us, whatever they, they may look like, there are various forms, then people give glory to God. And sometimes we only work in our comfort zones, in, within our own abilities, and, and we fail to 
Uh, go out of those comfort zones and, and do things that, that uh, we require God to be involved with. This is where God gets praised. This is where he's honored. This is where he's glorified. This is what we want. Do you know that comfort is often antagonistic to faith? Uh, sometimes we, well, we only act in ways that are comfortable for us. We don't like stretching ourselves, getting out of our comfort zone. We like to do the things that we know how to do well. You know, sometimes that limits God's ability to use us to serve others. Distributing grace is rarely easy. God often asks us to move beyond our comfort zones into areas where, well, we really have to rely on Him. We have to trust in Him. You see, it's outside our comfort zone where God stretches us, where we learn to be good stewards of His grace, where we really grow. So I want to encourage you to be mindful of that, that when someone asks you to do something or you see an opportunity, I know the temptation is, ah, I've never done that before, or, or I'm a little afraid I might not do it well. Well, how about praying and saying, God, if this is you, if this is what you want me to do, help me to be stretched. My question for you is, what are you doing that requires God's help? I think it's important for every one of us as followers of Jesus to be involved in things where if God didn't show up, <laughs> it would go badly. Uh, this stretches our faith. This means that we're, we're relying on the Holy Spirit. So my question is, what are you doing that requires God's help? Be stretched. Use His grace to flow through you. You're a pipeline, not a hoarder. Jude chapter 1. To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Have a great week.